Hello, friend, and welcome to the Rise Collective podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jordan, and I'm honored to facilitate a place to gather and hear stories and teachings from our relations. Thank you for being here. If you find value in these episodes, you can become a patron and get exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash rise collective. Before we begin, let's call in our benevolent guides. We humbly give thanks for your assistance and support today. May our listeners hear what they need to hear in service of their highest good. And so it is. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Rise Collective podcast. I am Carrie Jordan, and this is episode 10. Today, I'm happy to share my interview with Tot Eric Gonzalez. I met Tot Eric through our mutual friends and our overlapping communities, and I've sat in ceremony with him in the past, so I'm really honored to share this interview with you. First, I want to let you know that I have a new Patreon page where you can contribute to the production of this Rise Collective podcast show. And when you do that, you'll get a ton of exclusive and bonus content from podcast guests and from myself. It's only $3 a month, so it's super affordable. And I have a really great giveaway for you this month. So I'll share a little bit about it here. The Patreon giveaway for this episode, thanks to Tot Eric. Thank you so much for generously offering this. To patrons at the $3 a month level is a free audio recording of introductions to seven of Tot Eric's teachings. And these include teachings about the mysteries of the sweat lodge, the Mayan spiritual teachings that can help us navigate a new era, an altar teaching, seven directions teaching, shamanic training intro, and more. So if you're interested in Tata Eric's seven free audio trainings, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash rise collective. In this show, we talk about Tata Eric's background and his story, his history, We talk about the importance of working with the youth and the elders together, where we can go from here, where we're at presently in our contemporary world, and Burning Man and festival life and how it might conflict with traditional ways. If you don't know Tot Eric, I'll share a little bit more about him. So here goes. Within the traditional indigenous circles and the native people of the Maya, Tata Eric carries the responsibility of a spiritual leader, a teacher, and an earth wisdom keeper. Over a 30-year period, he has traveled with, trained under, and was initiated by spiritual elders from Mexico, Colombia, Peru, Guatemala, and throughout North America. Throughout his career, he has participated in Native movements in an effort to protect sacred lands. He has served in communities to reestablish their traditional ways to flourish for future generations. He has participated in Indigenous councils throughout the Americas, gathering tribal elders as part of a sacred call to action. And that call to action is promoting cooperation and unity between diverse traditions. He is passionate, as you'll hear in this interview, about the inclusion of all lineages for healing and unification. 
As the founder and the spiritual leader of Earth Peoples United, which is a nonprofit dedicated to connecting people to the natural and spiritual worlds, Tat Eric nurtures a powerful international alliance of Earth wisdom keepers and inspires many who are on the path of reestablishing their Earth wisdom tradition. And if you are local to the Boulder, Colorado, Denver, Colorado area, coming up in the first week of October, our community is going to be hosting a Youth Council Colorado event that Tata Eric will be attending as an elder. And this event is inviting families and people from all walks of life, all ages, The focus of the event is to pair the youth, that's people up to age 24, 25, 26, with the elders so that they can gather the wisdom and the teachings from the elders to deal with our changing world. And so if you are in that local area in Colorado, I invite you to reach out And I will put in the show notes the ticketing link for that Youth Council Colorado event. And it's going to be a weekend-long event, and it's going to be really special. I'm helping plan the event, so I'm excited to see some of you there or to share that experience with some of you. So remember, that will be in the show notes. Once again, if you're interested in Tata Eric's seven free audio teachings, head over to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rise Collective, where you can access all of those at the $3 a month level. Tata Eric, thank you so much for joining us today on the Rise Collective podcast. I'm really excited to have you. Oh, thank you. So I would love it if we could start by having you share a little bit about yourself and your work and your lineage and how all of that ties together into your work in the world. Mm, yeah, thank you. First, uh, I want to say greetings to all my relations who are going to be part of our sharing now in the future, whenever it comes to you that our sharing tonight, today, is um, it's a prayer for, for how I live, you know, that it may guide you and support you in, in, in your sacred journey, wherever you find yourself, whatever is happening, that this will be also be a blessing, that, you know, assurance that you're not alone and that, you know, we need each other and that we're here to support that, that sacred journey we call life. So a little bit about myself is I, I was born in Guatemala, and uh, you know, we grew. I grew up in a war time. You know, it, um, it was a lot of civil unrest. You know, and, and so a lot of my some of my experiences were about caring for humanity. You know, about the injustice that some humans do to others. You know, and and so dedicated my life to. Um, to be, be present to support that that struggle, you know, to make things um, more peaceful, you know, an awareness and a, 
work towards the unity of our peoples, you know. And um, also I was, uh, my rise of passage was done uh, when I was almost my second birthday. I was paralyzed with polio. And uh, so for the next five years or so, I was, you know, kind of crippled, you know, a lot of surgeries and uh, healing from my, uh, from the Mayan healers. I think that's where I got uh, some of the firsthand feelings of what happens, you know, when uh, doctrine like that happens, you know. And, and uh, others was uh, a lot of physical therapy and, you know, wearing apparatus to strengthen my back and my legs and, and all that it takes to learn how to walk and, and uh, living with pain, you know. And so that's kind of how I grew up, you know, kind of crawling on the ground and, and not having many friends and, you know, having to go to uh, physical therapies and healers and, you know, that was how I grew up. And so you know, now as I am older, you know, I, uh, I know what happened between like the, when I was three to about seven or eight, I call them the soul extractions. Uh, spirits, you know, would, would take me out of my body, you know, away from the pain and the, and all that, uh, the struggles that I was already going through, and they would take me uh, all over the place. You know, I, I, now I know some places, you know, one is Atitlan, the Patsyapada, we have created a, a healing center there. I saw it in my visions, and it took me almost 40 years to find it, but we found it, and now that's where I live. I live in a in the vision, you know, that's how my growing up as a as a kid, you know, and uh, I was one of those kids that were bullied all the time, you know, because I wasn't like normal. So I learned how to how to find my own strength and um, and learn how to fight back, even you know, and so started to shape me and mold me, you know, into now recognizing some of the things that our, our people go through, you know. The sickness or the exclusions and the discrimination, you know, all that. Coming to the United States as immigrants, you know, uh, we, we were not treated so well, you know, and so seeing how humanity does to each other, you know, is, is what is, has inspired me to do the other, to, to, to share, to teach, and we've learned a lot of the ceremonial ways of our peoples you know, indigenous peoples, and um, and so that has given me the, the another connection, you know, that confirmed what I was experiencing when I was a, a boy, you know, a little boy, you know, so that's kind of a little bit of the background, you know. Thank you. I don't think I knew some of what you shared about um, having polio as a little baby, starting it, it sounds Sounds like it started at two years old. Yeah. And then um, you were sort of embodying the, the archetype of the wounded healer as you grew older, it sounds like. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been, you know, beautiful. As, uh, as it's been hard, you know, a lot, of, a lot of surgeries, my body, you know, and a lot of kind of being kind of dead already, you know. And, and so they keep sending me back. So it's kind of um, doing my best, you know, as every day, you know, giving a, a gift 
and, and gratitude. I, what I, I do, I love what I do, you know, the ceremonies and teachings and uh, showing people that doorway to, through the veil, through the, going to the spirit world, you know, with our ceremonial. Give thanks, you know, for the gifts that I have received, you know, because I wasn't supposed to even walk. And I tell you, we were able to walk mountains and, you know, long, long hikes, you know, backpacking, horseback riding, and, you know, have enjoyed a full life, you know, so, but it's taken a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of dedication and commitment to life, you know. Yeah, would you, would you say that your abilities now are kind of a testament to your partnership with the spirit world and some of the physical healing that you've experienced? Yeah, uh, many times, you know, it's hard to be physical. We have a lot of times we we're like, uh, we spend, you know, weeks, months, up to a month have been in the mountains and uh, training through the years, you know, and uh, just enjoying being in the serenity, like the quiet, you know, and, uh, and being with the spirits. Sometimes it's hard to really, I have to work hard to stay physical and do what we need to do as humans, you know, because, you know, it's not up to me, but, you know, it would be a, a good journey home, you know, to, to let go of this, but it keeps sending me back, like I said earlier, you know, and they give more visions, you know, and, and uh, instructions of what we need to do. And uh, we're not done yet, so so... I'm enjoying, you know, enjoy life. I'm really grateful for the gifts every day. You know, I've been able to, like, enjoy the birthing of my, I have, I have, uh, I have five kids and seven grandkids now. And um, it's been just full, you know, enjoying uh, every part of uh, all the responsibilities that we have to do in, in this world. And then beyond, you know, I believe I, in myself is a, uh, we're not, I don't have just this life in this physical. I have many lives I, that I'm aware of, that I live in that. There is a bridge that we cross over and over, back and forth, you know. And that's what I think uh, one of the things we're sharing with our relatives is that, that uh, there's other worlds that exist that we are part of. And sometimes we, this, is not all, that's, this is not the only place, it's not the only existence that we complicate it too much. And it's like I, I shared before sometimes, you know, it's like we learn, it's like we um, won a lotto ticket to become physical. Mm. You see the diversity, to smell the beauty of the flowers, and when the rain comes in the forest, you smell the, uh, the earth, how she smells, and the salt mist, you know, along the shores, the sound of the, of the creeks and the waterfalls, and just the, 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 the mystery of all that has been gathering in this world and, and how, how we're not taking care of it. That's what inspires me to keep moving forward here and maybe sometimes not let go into the other place because I do love this Mother Earth. Uh, it amazes me like what we can grow and be part of and co-create and experience, you know, in this physical. Even all the suffering, all the things happening too, there's a, there's a miracles every moment we breathe. So 
uh, that's kind of like what our ceremonial has shown us, and also the you know, my experiences, you know, being in this uh, multiple universes, that this is very special place. It is a gift to us uh, uh, to shape and mold our spirits and prepare us to a, a, a beautiful birth in another place when we die in here. Mm. Yeah, my attention is on when you shared that there's a bridge or there are bridges going back and forth between this world and other worlds and, and that we won the lotto ticket to be physical in this life. Um, and I'm, yeah, I feel impacted by that. Yeah. I'm curious if you can share, um, some of your Mayan tradition and, um, how you, how you started to learn about it and who, who were your teachers on that path? Yeah. My grandmother I lived with her a lot, you know, because my parents, one was away a lot. My mother had to work, you know, we were very poor. And uh, so I lived with my grandmother and uh, and she would take me to the Mayan healers. And those years that we, uh, people go there like four in the morning, you know, they stand in line, long lines, you know, carrying their gifts for the healing, you know. And because I was crippled, a young boy, I, they would put me in the house. My grandma would stay in the, um, many times would stay in line, you know. And I, they would put me inside because, you know, I had to be sitting in the ground, you know. I couldn't just stand up or walk around, you know. And I would watch the Mayan healers do, the, do their work. Not just one or two, but many that my grandma would take me, you know. And then when my turn comes, it was, it was like I'd already been uh, treated so many times. So that stayed with me, you know, and then um, I was like uh, 19 and, and I met uh, Mayan elders and others traveling around the United States. I was up in Humboldt State University and uh, and I heard the marimba playing. And, and so we went over there and there was, you know, all these Maya people. And, uh, and so... I stuck with them from then on, you know, I got on the bus with uh, many different leaders, healers, we went to, you know, different places and then uh, ended up moving to Mexico and then eventually went back to Guatemala. And each time was straight with uh, some of this, what we call the medicine people, the Achkich, they're like the staffs of light, they're spiritual leaders of the Maya. Mm. And what, by the time I got to Guatemala, you know, a lot of them were getting killed, you know, because the villages were getting massacred by the, you know, the, the military. And, of course, I was right there with them traveling. So, you know, we had some experiences with that. And so I started supporting them. And uh, one thing led to another, you know. And uh, also in, the, in 1977, I also met the, one of the last... They call them Indian doctors. He was the last of the Yurok here in Northern California with another incredible man. His name is Bobby Lake, Grizzly Medicine. And uh, they both took me through the sweat lodge, you know. I was like barely like 19, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we started, you know, 
fighting for the redwoods, keeping the, the companies from uh, cutting the redwoods. That's when Calvin Rue he came and asked for help from the young people, and I would I learned some things from him and Bobby, and you know the experiences in the those mountains. You know, training up in those mountains and uh, meeting incredible beings like the what they call Sasquatch, the Bigfoot. And uh, a lot of stories up there of uh, those sac sacred beings, you know. And, uh, and so that's how I started, you know, to show me and, you know, how to do the, the prayers, the ceremonies, and carrying my pipe, becoming peaceful. Because uh, those early years, too, from like 73, 73 to 75, or no, 72, about 75, you know, I was in the gangs in L.A. Cause you didn't belong to a gang you, people would just you know, beat you up all the time and stuff so I, you know we experienced some of that so I had to change from the violence to the spiritual you know and uh, Calvin and Bobby really helped me with, with that, 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 those, those shifting you know and then the rest was just going back home and being part of the support for our people you know and, and Years went by, and you know we ended up in Colombia, Peru, Mexico a lot, all over the United States and Canada, in part of the circles of the elders. That was a, one of the things that I was able to help my elders was the translator between the elders of North America and some of the South American, Central America. And so that's how I was able to travel and, and stuck to the, with the elders, you know, and, and Little by little, you don't know, but you're continually learning. And of course, always ceremonies, always, you know, that was our way of life, you know. And then, um, and so later, you know, went back home, you know, and, and then the, the, the trainee, as a Mayan uh, priest, Mayan Askich, we call it. And the, as the years have gone by, now I'm a, what they call the Kamal Bay. It's the, the, the guides, you know, for the people, and in uh, a, a jaguar priest, they say, is that we 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 hold the ceremonials with with the plant teachers, we hold the mesas, you know, and the circles to help others heal and, and teach, you know, and, and hold the ceremonies for what is sacred to us, you know, and so that's how now I do, you know, it's, it's uh, just help a little bit here and there and. And the request is made, then we're we're available, and we go and and you know that's what I enjoy, you know, and so that's uh, and the, all through the efforts of the condor and the eagle, and uh, we used to call them the elder circle, and uh, and then the four arrows. All those times, one of the things was what we're doing now is holding to the to sacred ground, uh, like uh, like sanctuaries. We, we grow food, we grow medicines, we have our ceremonial grounds, we have our lodges, we have our arbors, teepee grounds, teaching grounds, you know. Um, and so that's why I live here now, Deer Mountain, Northern California, just north of Mount Shasta. You know, the sacred grounds, there was, we created all that, a lot of councils, unifying people from all over the world as earth people. You know, uh, to, to relatives that when you teach and share with each other, share that spirit, 
And then in Guatemala, we have another one that's inside of a Mayan city. So we are taking, taking care of a, you know, several pyramids. We have our lodges, gardens, you know. We have planted over 500,000 trees and plants and medicines. And we continue to grow a lot of food. We created a, a food forest. And there's maybe over, I don't know, 400 or more species of plants. We, that we grow, use in medicine, some, uh, many orchids. We make uh, Agua de Floridas, you know, it's like flower waters for medicine. Mm -hmm. We use a lot of, uh, you know, different medicines for the sweat lodges. So, you know, we, we do what uh, we heard in the councils as world solutions. You know, alternative to energies, different ways of designing so that we can take advantage of the light and the wind and the temperatures, you know, and, and, and then living with the plants. And then the animals show up. So many species here and down in Guatemala, that, you know, there's like a sanctuary for them too. So, you know, we, we are seeing that our efforts, we're always gained. You know, it's been fun. It's sure work, you know, but now it's, not, it's nothing to... You say, oh my God, you know, we've been working so hard, you know, it's, it's love, you know, and, uh, and, when, and when love seeds with something else, it reproduces. And that's how here now we're like thousands of blackberries and there's uh, um, little grapes and there's apples and there's pears and there's peaches and, and, and of course, the you know, hundreds of plants too, you know, uh, to make medicine, you know, mullein and uh, chicory and um, uh, mints and I mean there's uh, stinging nettle and I mean it just goes on you know and that's a world solution to be part of life you know we have springs here just one spring gives us over 280,000 gallons a day oh my gosh yeah and we have seven springs each one different you know but it's all beautiful pure water you know but we had to pray for that and, and, and the spirit guided us here, in Deer Mountain. We call this place, you know, and uh, a place where Wawoka did some of his first ghost dances on this land, this place of the Shasta and the Maidu people, and uh, and so there has a long history, just like in Patsyapa, the Maya, where the Kachikel, Sutuhil, Kichel, you know, traded and lived around the Lake Atitlan, you know, that's where. Part of my lineage is Cachiquel. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, we're home to these power places, you know. Uh, and so this is because we prayed and we, we follow instructions, follow the spiritual, you know. And, and when, we, when I've done that, it, it has never failed us, never lied to us. And always give us, you know, we have to work for it. We got to love it, dedicate, but... You know, it, it, it is very um, prolific to our life. You know, it brings us to a place of thriving. So this is uh, how our ceremonial has led us here, you know. Beautiful. So it sounds like you, a big part of your work is, you said, the unification of, of nations. And that's what your organization, Earth People United, is doing. Yeah. Um, both in California, outside of Mount Shasta, and down in Guatemala. 
And um, what I got from what you shared is that all of that that you're doing in both places is um, part of the, the prophecy of the eagle and the condor and also part of you following spiritual instructions that you've received. Is that right? Yes. Can you share um, a little bit for those who don't know about the, the relationship between the eagle and the condor? And, and can you also share about this idea of following instructions when you receive them from the spirit world? I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, uh, about 1974, they started with the, uh, it was called the Wide Roots of Peace. Six Nations of the Iroquois in, in alliance with the Hopi and others. They started traveling to see what was left of the indigenous nations of North America and found there was, you know, they found what they, they found. You know, there was a lot of work to do, but there was still a lot of power, you know, a lot of unity to the spirit. Then they joined with the Guatemalans, the Maya and the Mexica, others, and they called it the Four Arrows the prophecies of some of the Mexica and the Totihuacans and the Maya, the corn will come together. You know, the white corn people, black corn people, yellow corn people, and the red corn people. And, that, it, and they, we did that. I started there in, in, in 77, and I joined that, you know, and it was, uh, you know, that's what I said, you know, they started traveling around, and then the older circle of North America would gather different places of Indian country, they call it reservations or others that could host. And we would gather in different nations to hear each other. And so those started to strengthen, you know, and saw beautiful elders who were like the Hopis sharing the prophecy to the United Nations and they fulfilled their obligation to life, you know, and they, 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 they completed that. We started seeing how the alignments were coming close to the Oishlahuk Paktun, they said, uh, what they called it, 2012, December, you know, and so December 21st. And there was a whole bunch of hype about it, but the Maya, we were supposed to go to all these sacred sites to pray, to listen, what the spirit and the nature was telling us of what we needed to do. So we did that. So the condor and the ego was, that the nations after the, in the South America was doing the same thing independently, uniting their nations and seeing what was left. And so they created confederations, great councils of the people. And then the time was that the Maya saw the prophecy that the nations of the eagle, which all the north from Central America all the way through Mexico, up United States and Canada, what they call into Alaska, those are the one nation, was the one confederation of nations under the, the, the symbol of the eagle. And the South America, from the Central America all the way down to Tierra del Fuego, all around there was the, the nations of the condor. And that they had to unite because the time was coming close that the unification of all people was needed. Because the Oshlahuk Baktun, the transition of the finishing of the fifth era, will come to an end. 
and the beginning of the six, the prophecies of our people. And so we did that. We gather in uh, Guatemala, the, the feather serpent was supposed to gather the peoples. So the efforts was made. We gather in Guatemala, then to Colombia, then back to Guatemala, up to Nambe, the pueblos in New Mexico, and then it was complete. Prophecies were sent out in, uh, in uh, recommendations to all people. And they said, go, like the Mayas, when we were trained, you take your walk and go all around. Take this fire and unite the people. Because when the new era, the new dawn happens, we must be united if the world will survive in, in a different way than, than what we're heading. So we did that, we, 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 we train, we prepare, and we did our ceremonies. And, uh, and so that was fulfilled. And the time of the, we said that now is the time of the people made out of honey. No more flags, no more identities, no more color difference. Some of us are all multicolor anyway. So at those times we started dreaming. Well, who are we? Where are we and what do we need to do? So spirit, we say, talks, you know, and we follow what they say. It says, unite the people, they will become the people made out of honey. Those who will learn to collaborate and cooperate. Those who will follow their heart and know that the, the division of identity no longer is needed. Because the corn people already has finished. The, the color is already not, not, not pure. We're all multicolored corn. And that from that 2012 to 26 years, what we want our world to be. So the time is ticking. And I saw what they said this way in 1971, 1973, 74. And it became true. All those things, prophecy come true as we witness it. And now it's about what can we do together and where can we co-create an example of what we are able to do, which are the sanctuaries. The prophecies all land up to be in relationship with nature again, to remember sacred instructions. Some of the instructions will never, never change, no matter what the era or what the species is. They call them the original instructions. Those are the natural law in which we all have to follow. Honor and respect all life. Honor and respect the sacred water, because we know water is sacred and water is life. Honor and respect the fire. For we know how to use it and how we should be using it, and it's also sacred. And the fire is life. The earth is our life and it's our mother. Nothing belongs to us or any other species. It is natural law, spiritual law, that it belongs to all. Not to someone because it has power, has a gun, has a a weapon or has others that he has convinced to hurt them and to enslave them. Those are not the original instructions. For there is a bounty for all. And they all have the right for that spring, for that water, for that 
shade of the tree, for the food of the tree, for the free walk across the land, to sit and watch the sky, to see the dawning and the and the and the and the, the sunrises, the, the the sunsets. Those are the original instructions. You must allow others to share what there is in their heart and not to impose anything on anybody. Original instructions. Respect and honor our life as you are relatives to each. One depends on the other. That we depend on the tree, the tree depends on us, the ocean depends on everything, and everything depends on each on that one drop of water. It's all in one relationship. And we must not alter that relationship. We must follow the original instructions. So when Spirit is talking to us and is reminding us that our peril is coming to an end, we are at the end's rope because we do not listen as a human. It would be a good thing if we kind of destroy just humanity and leave the world to be because this world does not need a single human. We need all of it. And so when we start to realize that that is the spiritual gift to us, that we depend on the ladybugs, we depend on the bees, we depend on that eagle, on the dolphin, on the fish, we depend on the cow or the, or the goat, we depend on everything, on the lettuce, on the tomato, on the apple. We do not create hardly anything. And we must not alter the natural way of being like they're doing the GMOs and shifting the rivers and damming them and burning the forests and cutting all the homes for the birds and the animals. Destroying up because we want greed, we want the power, we want to see destruction. And so this is the awareness that the spiritual is given to us right now and otherwise it will all be lost. And we know that many, many people are seeing that where we find ourselves in the situation. And this is when our voice must be sent out. We must not quiet down anymore. And we haven't. We have been, you know, steady in our ceremonies, steady in our sharings, steady in finding how to navigate out of this crazy world, out of the divisions, and then work towards the, uh, the options. Option of unity, option of respect, option of love, option of co-creating, option of cleaning up our mess. And so allowing to the hummingbirds and the butterflies to help them out a little bit now. Plant more trees, plant more flowers, you know. Instead of cement and cutting the forest, we got to go plant. We have to be responsible as humans and do at most all of it. We cannot waste any more time because we're taking every species along with, with us, with our greed. Polar bears, we might never see them again. Very few left and the ice is melting. Nature is telling us it is a true change. And they're going straight ahead to destroy the most at, at the fastest rate. They want to cut more of the rainforest. They want to do more mining. They want to kill the whales and, the, and do, through the sonars and the dolphins and the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know that. You see that. 
And so each, vo each voice, each heart, I know if I hear it, everybody's hearing the Spirit telling us. The nature is crying out, it's telling us, it's showing us. And when we do not listen, tornado, hurricane, tidal waves, earthquakes, droughts, floods, and name it, it's coming, hails, really strange things, the weather patterns are changing, some are melting, others are just drying up. But the humans are people who have the heart, who have a smarts, who have any intelligence left. We must unite and we must do something. If we think of having kids or we see our children and we see their, our grandchildren, we must dedicate ourselves now to secure for them. Even if us, just a few more years, but let's give them the best and the most that we can. Let's talk, let's talk in councils. Let's light the fires. Let's do what we can and on your neck of the woods, make it better. We know what we need to do. It's just we, whether we have the spiritual and the deliverance to care, to light the fire of, of love and then get to do it. Thank you. I'm, I'm really liking this idea that you shared about building sanctuaries and sh being able to show what's possible of how we should be living together and you've done that with your land in California and in Guatemala um, and you mentioned activating communities and this idea of making your neck of the woods better planting and working with nature to support the, the butterflies and the pollinators and um, I also heard you yesterday when we were connecting, talking about how we can't just stay in this spiritual experience. And I also took that to mean that we can't just stay in these sanctuaries that we've built. Those, in, in the way that I think of sanctuaries, it's like a place that you go to, to rest and dream of what's possible and then leave and go back to your community, go back out into the world and bring those lessons and dreams back with you. So if you had to share, well, some, I'll, first I'll say that some of what you were sharing um, seems like hopeless, like a lot, uh, kind of like we've reached this, tipping point and we can't we can't overwrite all of the mistakes that we've made and all of the times that we as a human community have not listened to those original instructions that you were sharing about honoring and respecting all lives life we can't go back and sometimes it feels futile so what would you say to those who who think that it's futile. Um, yeah. Yeah. With Maya, we call it toch. Toch is the payment. Payment for the toch, for your laziness, 
you will suffer through the winner. Toch, a gift as well. It means payment and it means gift. If you were, if you are smart, and you let's say the pen, you know there's a hard winner comes. The bees do that. The 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 wasp, the the ants, the deer, others they know that. The the wind, the long winter's coming, so they don't be lazy in the summer. They don't play guitar and they go to festivals and they just have a great time. And then the winter comes, then you suffer. Then you don't have no food. You have no really proper shelter. And then you pay, make you make payment by maybe watching your kids die of, of hunger or, or, or cold. Or uh, worse thing, diseases. Those who prepare, those who listen to follow instructions, it says, hey, everybody else, the ants are busy. The wasps are building their nests lower to the ground. Hey, the, the, the deer are, are like really working extra hard to feed themselves and, and the squirrels are going back and forth, bearing more food fast and fast. Maybe something's happening. Maybe something will, will say that the winter is coming strong. So then you take time and you pile up your firewood, collect more food, you prepare. And then when it comes, you'll be really thriving you have a fire you have food you have alternative energy your your family is happy in that in that place while others are paying the price the, the hopi said it the, the kogi are saying it the maya said it others have tell you that it is not the time to to be at the festival through the summer have a great time the toch will come and others will say, well, it's too bad. You know, I'll just have a good time and then whatever. But the talk will be that this way of life cannot sustain life much longer. We already at war, many countries, incredible suffering. And would you want to live like that? Or would you like to prevent it? And if you can prevent it, you become the, the, the rescue teams to go back and help those people. Do you have that heart? Are you are you knowledge enough? Are you prepared enough? Are you kind enough to do that? Or will you seal yourself in a in a cave and wait till everything else is that dead? These are hard things that we have to look at and see with, with our, our intelligence. We are very intelligent species, but not very wisdom. We don't have much wisdom. We, we separated ourselves from the elders, from the experiences of the past, and our ego, our arrogance, and the ignorance of our arrogance keeps us blind to our detriment in the future. We don't think about our kids or our grandkids. We think about me now and what I'm going to do. And I'm sure that if any of those parents care about their kids, they will say, oh my gosh, I don't want them to suffer. Why did I bring these kids to the world? And would you put a gun to their head and, and shoot them? Is that what you want to do? This is what we're doing when we cut the forest, when we pollute the rivers, you know, so much trash the humans are producing. And, and this, it's like, yeah, it's hard problems and no easy solutions.
but there's one instruction that is it will never change if you love you will know what to do so their ceremonies are these reminders is to find out what you love if you love this earth if you love your children if you love life or maybe we don't know even know what that is anymore then we must be prepared to pay the payment the toch billions will die yes we know that many species already extinct and many will go extinct very few places will survive the, this what we call this this time of, of purification the maya calls it pashil kayala pashil kayala means the place of many reeds already nature is gathering there already there's different species making alliance with each other and finding refuge it's not just a place to go meditate and stuff there will be thousands and thousands of places there will be uh, those refuge places and some already being guided to them start planting the walls for, for food knowing how to gather the water knowing how to reuse reusable systems so we don't just consume everything around us, then we will be left nothing. Train and know your neighbors. Know how to do your food, how to treat the food, how to preserve the food, how to do emergency treatment on each other. A lot of times when those, those natural disasters happen, very few people know what to do. They're not trained, their minds go into shock. And they're no use, so now they also need to be rescued. But if you have the training, you know what to do, you're preparing for any obstacles that you can come up to, you can add to that, to that, to that, to that uh, experience of hurt or pain or, or loss or fear. Many children are left and they don't know what to do. So mm -hmm. we are adults enough that we can we grab them and, and keep them safe for those days or months or years. So the toch, this is the time of, of, of bringing awareness. Not from fear, but finding out what we love. And if you love, and you don't get tired. A, a, a painter that is having a vision, he will not eat, she will not like rest, you just paint through the days until this beautiful art is expressed may this sharing not a fear of, of hopelessness if it is that what you are raised inside of you then yeah you will be the toch. it will be that payment a reminder to the next generations that they couldn't make it and the stories of you know civilizations dropping all over the place and change and shift will always be there for us. That's a reality. Those who are smart, those who follow instructions, those who align themselves with the nature will survive. An example, Egypt, when the desert started to increase, they survived 3,000 more years because they were close to the water. They knew how to stay close to that sacred river and gave them 3,000 more years while others disappeared. And they became the subjects of the Egyptians, while the Egypt thrived for those years. 
So those who are following instructions, may, they might thrive better. They live better. They have good food. They have nutritious food, not junk food, not canned food, not poisoned food. They're healthier. They're, they're happier. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're enjoying life. They're not the slave from nine to five and two hours to get to work and two hours back from to work because the traffic and like, whoa, I get to experience that sometimes when I travel to go to these different communities. And I'm like, wow, this is what they do every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I, I got out of it. I lived in LA for like three or four years and that was it. You know, I left home when I was 15 and went to the mountains and I've always lived in the in rural mountain area. It takes more creativity. It takes more effort to live there, but it's more joyous, more fulfilling and very spiritual there. You know, and so we make choices. And so we, I, even though sometimes the message is hard because we have to also look at the reality of where we are and what we're doing. So maybe it's like a shock, you know, like, you know, get, wake up, man. Wake up and, and, uh, and see what you're doing. You got to clean up your mess. Don't expect me to clean your trash. Pick it up. Do something with it or don't buy more trash. Yeah, I love this idea of if you love, you will know what to do. I want to highlight that. And... The other thing that I want to highlight is this idea. I've heard you share about it before, um, the tuch, and the idea of I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a way to articulate this. How I've heard you talk about it before, um, that this is a time for us to look at reality and really listen to the instructions that were being given from the spirit world. It's not a time to, it's a time of preparation. It's not a time for, I've heard you talk about festivals and burning man and having a great time and that, that this is not the time for that. Does yeah. that fit for? Yeah, I get I get, you know, a lot of um, people don't like what I share on that because, you know, they're, they're having a good time. I would say, like, if I can, we can get 200,000 people, all the foot, what is it, the, the carbon foot tracks to go do that and this bunch of burning and, you know, like, uh, what can we do if we took those people and go pick up trash along the ocean? You know, and, and, and go, go clean up the, the rivers and the lakes and, uh, and still have a good time. I mean, we, are, we, we had dances, you know, we, we dance for life. We give, give it back a, a gift. We celebrate the harvest, you know, we, we dance for the, we bless the seeds and we, and we dance to grow the food and we dance to celebrate the, the you know, coming of age and all the weddings and, you know, and the death period. But now it's like this waste. I mean, I see so many kids get trapped. We call them the soul catchers. You know, mm. they, they have opened the door to this underworld with abusing our medicines. You know, they call them drugs and they make lectures and they don't respect 
sacred mushrooms in our ayahuasca and in our San Pedro, they call it, you know, and in our peyote and so many beautiful medicines. God left it, but they're abusing it. They're not respecting it, you know. They're like, uh, and so many kids are getting trapped and they have psychotic episodes and they, they, they don't, they don't, they're not released from that underworld. And I've seen so many kids, like they were beautiful like angels. After three or four of those, they're not, they're not the same. Mm. They're, they're hooked on those drugs, they're hooked on the whatever, you know, and it's like a waste of youth. It's like uh, they're having a good time, but nature's paying the price. And, they, and when, they, they, when 90,000 people leave a festival, it's a dump, trash everywhere, and not just that, the footprints that they live, they leave, you know, all the expenses to, to just go do that, and, and then somebody's got to go pick up all that, all that trash. It affects us down in Atitlan when all these kids in Europe, and especially United States, come, and then just go party and big loud music and trash everywhere, and they leave poop everywhere, and just like, oh my God, like, you know, this is our world, and it's, instead of really dedicating to having an incredible time, they're they're wasting their future by thinking they're having you know a fun time and, uh, and they're going against the main culture or whatever. It's like there's more immediate needs that we have than go get high or loaded and bunch of sex with everybody and, and leave trash everywhere and have a great time. I mean. I mean, that that makes sense. I, it doesn't to me, and you know I've been criticized a lot for that, but it's, I stand on that because I see it. I see a lot of our elders being used to go to these festivals, thinking that they're going to do a prayer, that there's all these people gather there and they're going to make a difference. Uh. I've seen that. I, I witnessed some of my elders there, and nobody's listening. It didn't happen. Nothing happened from that. I'm like saddened that our spiritual incredible elders are used like little carrots tokens you know in front of this donkey to satisfy this 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 crazy craving that they have you know so we're more by ourselves we're less but man we what we're giving back to life this is what the toch is we're, we're creating thriving not toch not the karma that these people are leaving behind and some of it is irreplaceable. The time spent, wasted, will never come back. I see many kids coming by our camps and like, so you're now 30, 35, 40, and, and what do you have? You're still bouncing from one camp to another, to growing marijuana, selling it, and go travel around and go get high and loaded, come back with nothing, and do the same thing over and over again. And then the life force in the earth is getting polluted, is getting destroyed. So the gift, the toch, the gift part is when you plant the tree, that tree will give you for 40, 50, 60 years, even past your death, life back. Yeah. What we're doing is just taxing life. Taxing the future, taxing your kids, taxing the possibility of any species surviving. But when we plant trees, we plant flowers, we we, we have a beehive, we grow, uh, you know, take care of animals, 
and we you know we we, we are part of the solutions it's gonna create a, a, a credit on our soul that is thriving there's no way to go wrong on that and so it eases, eases up a little bit on the billions of butterflies that are dying because there's no place to rest there's no forest there's no food anymore and there's chemicals everywhere that they're using and so you know in this awareness is that we share it's a strong message but i'm not going to sweeten it up anymore you know? and i haven't really ever but it's not the time to put a sweet thing oh poor little people you know okay go have your festival and then come back and pray and like no your karma your talk is going to be bigger than what you're creating uh, as a dharma you know and so uh, if not just keep waiting a little couple more years and then you know i see it already many people try to come and live where we are and i'm, I'm like you know it's gonna cost you 10 times more than it would have like 20 years ago when I asked for help. Because now we worked and we invested and we did all this and you can't just move in. That's not gonna work. It's like the story of the red hen, you know, and anybody can Google it up. What is the story of the red hen, you know, and see where you are in that picture. You know, so the red hen and finally enjoyed her labors and enjoyed it clean up her own mess and she's thriving well everybody else is now living in regret because they had a good time and they, they don't have the the food they don't have the the shelter they don't have the place with the fresh water they don't have the place where the fruits are thriving all over the earth you know and, and, and even in the peacefulness and the quietness and at the end of the day says wow look what we did today we mm -hmm. left it better than what we found it. When I woke up, it was one way. Now it's even better because I did all this today. Can we? Can everybody say that? Or, oh, man, I drove two hours. I sauced my car and put all this carbon in the air, and I drove. I'm mad. I'm angry. I did a job that I don't care about, you know, the people that I'm with, and then I did the same thing two hours later, and, you know, that's their life. And so it's a choice we all have to make. It's like an inventory of our life and of our world. It's not just what I want anymore. It's what I'm doing because I want and what is the consequences of that talk, of that payment. Or I did this beauty, I, sh I shared that way, I, I, I made it better. And now I'm like, wow, I can't wait for tomorrow to do even better. Yeah, it seems like this idea is really pointing to um, using our resources wisely, which we haven't been doing since forever, <laughs> since the industrial revolution on a meta level. And then when, when I hear you talk about the elders being brought to these festivals and nobody's listening to them, it's, that's a waste of resources to get the elders there and a waste of the elders, um, time and energy and just a waste of time and energy and resources for a lot of people and, and the way that you're speaking to it. And um, so as we're talking about elders, I know that a huge part of your work is bringing um, 
cultural traditions and elders together from all different parts of the world. And like we were saying, unifying the nations. And um, so I wanted to ask you, what do you think it is about bringing these cultural traditions and bringing these different, these elders from all different cultures and traditions together to work with the youth? What is it about that? That could be the shift that we're needing. Yeah. We the kids always went to live with their grandparents. Or the, the grandparents and those elders were always involved in the shape and molding the education of the children. Now who give the education is the school systems that they're aim at creating like robots, specialized industrial robots. And so now, I mean with the with the elders, it was to inspire each youth, each person to be his full blossom. What was the toch? What was their gifts? You know, that they, they need to blossom in, into each individ, individuality because that individuality is what God creator has given in that person to express in this world. And so the elders at those in the traditional societies was to shape and mold and instruct and to help grow that incredible gift of each person. And so today, that's one of our world solutions that I have found, that personally, when the elders took time to tell me stories, to take, you know, I went with them in journeys and trips, and I saw what they did. You know, it was like a specialized inspiration to me to do my best, because I heard all the time, well, oh, you crippled boy, you can't do nothing, you people can't be here, you people can't do that, and I was like, what? What do you mean, you people? You know? And I didn't hear that from those spiritual elders. What I heard is, you can do it. You can be the best you can. You can, you have this gift that God Creator give you, and bring it out. And the way you do it is that we're going to help you light your fire, that love, that inspiration. And whenever that challenge comes, use it as your inspiration to give you more determination. And that's what we do. You know, we've seen it already, like 40 years we've been doing this, and incredible gifts to hear the elders tell their story and have the youth be inspired by them, that they're not by themselves that they're not alone, that this, they're not what they've been telling them, that they are, oh, you Indians don't know, oh, you're so ignorant, oh, you don't belong here. It's like, no. Each living being, each blade of grass, each leaf on a tree has the right to live and express itself to its fullest. Natural law is a God-given law, it's a spiritual law. And so that's what we do when we gather the elders and the youth. Look at young people. This is the experience that you can consider taking some of it or all of it and help you keep your, your, your fire alive so that you'll never feel that you're hopeless. There's always hope. There's always love. There's always family. There's always a clan. There's always that, that, that kalpuli, we call it. You know, the medicine kalpuli, the, the singers kalpuli, the dancers, the, the medicine people, the, the growers, you know, these are your family. What do you love to do? 
What inspires you? This is what we we talk about in the circles around the sweat lodge, you know, inside the sweat lodges, around the fires, on the pilgrimages, on the councils, on the on the summits. Right now we're we're working on creating a youth world summit because we can't separate a young person from another country, from another continent to from the others. We are earth peoples. We are spiritual beings in physical forms that are as just as diverse as the flowers. And we must honor each and one of them. And we don't know where those sacred beings will pop up. We have at least five or six of them right now that we're like, oh my God, who, who is this spirit in this, in this child, in these young people? So we must create the, the experiences for them to express themselves. I have young people say, hey, can I talk here? I just see elders. I'm like, of course. You have more, even greater right now to, to speak. Share your heart. Share your mind. And we're like, oh, my God, who is in this body? What spirit, what knowledge, what connection to the universe that we're just barely hearing right now? And what, what else are we missing? So we've been focusing on that. The unification of our peoples, we have created, wow, incredible experience from Oromo people, from, from, from Kenya and Oromia, from people from India and, and all over the Americas. We call it Aviayala, the Sami from Norway and Sweden, uh, Maori, you know, Hawaiian people all over. And so, how can we say no to anybody or say, no, this is only for black corn people? Or this is the Shinto, you're not allowed here. Not at all. We are earth people. We live in one earth and the whole thing is a sanctuary. There's no little tiny place that we can filth it, disrespect it, or be unkind to it. The Mother Earth is all our sanctuary. This is our home. This is where we should have such a reverence that we will try to sidestep around breaking every grass or, or driving over, you know, beautiful flowers. That, what we're doing right now is unnatural. It's uncommon. It's a, not even common sense, the way we live, the way we do things, the way we discard life, the way we cut the forest, the way we just pollute the ocean, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when we hear the spiritual elders, no matter from what re religion or uh, cultural background or what continent, when the, all the path, all the roads starts to unite, it's all spirit and they're all the same. The original laws are the same no matter what continent you're from. No matter what you believe, no matter if you're a woman or a man or what color or anything. Our relationship to, to the elementals are all the same and they follow the same instructions. And so that's what I have witnessed. So when we get, gather all the people, I have never seen a, an argument about belief between these spiritual elders. They're just excited to hear somebody else share a different way of what they know is the same thing. And so there's thousands of ways to share the same thing 
but they're all talking about the same creator, the same water, the same fire, the same earth, the same air. Mm, I love how you wrapped that up with this idea that we're all talking about the same thing. That is such a relief to hear. And I think that's true in my, in my experience as well. I want to give you a, give you a moment to share where people can find you. Um, and we also have some events coming up, um, which I'll link to on the show page that on the show notes. Um, if you are a local in the Boulder, Colorado area, Tat Eric is coming to visit in early October for a youth council event, um, which is an event where the elders, we're inviting several elders from different traditions and they'll be um, doing exactly what he's talking about here, which is sharing with the youth um, up to youth 26 years old. So I'll give you a moment here to share a little bit more about your work and your website and where people can find you. Uh, thank you. Okay. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, ways to, to be in the, in the, in the internet like this, you know, and so one is the earth peoples united.org earth peoples united.org. This is our uh, nonprofit organization that gathers and, you know, does a lot of the world work, you know, and so the other is uh, is more of my my personal. I have a lot of uh, teleclasses because it's hard for me to write or read. So I, I share it out this way. And there's a lot of teleclasses available in different subjects of the of our spiritual work, and that is at spiritjaguar.com. Spiritjaguar.com. And so the same thing we have uh, the Facebook uh, Eric Gonzalez. And then also uh, the Spirit Jaguar. And we also have a, a, a Facebook. It's called Patsyapa Naturals. And they'll be written in this way too, you know. Through all the websites, there's a link to them. Patsyapa Naturals is our sanctuary in Guatemala on Lake Atitlan. And we also have a, another link to, you know, to different, different things on there. So... That's how you can get a hold of us. And there's a phone numbers and, and uh, you know, ways of email there. So hopefully it all goes well. We can connect more. There's a, we, we, we have a, a nice schedule coming up in Illinois and then also in Portland and then back to Guatemala. And so there's a lot that we do, you know, and, uh, and so we hope to see you there and, and, and share more of the ceremonies. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I know that Tat Eric also does some divination work. So if you want to reach out to him for that, um, we'll provide all the links for all of this in the show notes. And I want to thank you so much, Tat Eric, for being with us today. I feel like I really got served by what you shared and really enjoyed Really enjoyed our time together, so thank you for sharing yourself.
thank you, Carrie, and um, blessings to you and, and your relatives, our relatives who will be coming across this. All that we're sharing is, is because there is hope. There is a, a way that we all can thrive and secure the world for our people. So thank you for this opportunity to, to be here with you and to be this echo that will be, you know, in this in this form for who knows how many years to come. So, Mateo Shawe, thank you so much, and I will see you soon. Aho. Thank you for taking in this episode. If you got value out of it, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and tag me, Carrie. I hope this interview inspired you. I'll put any relevant links in the show notes at therisecollective.org, including that information about Youth Council Colorado event that I want to invite you to. It is in the first weekend of October 2019. You can find past episodes, my weekly blog, and products for sale at therisecollective.org. While you're there, download the guide to feminine goal setting and learn how to work in harmony with folk magic and the rhythms of the earth. Hundreds of women have used this method to weave magic into their lives. It's a simple guide, and it'll help you move forward towards your soul's purpose. If you love the show, please consider supporting its production at patreon.com slash rise collective. I can't do this alone. There are costs associated with the project. And if you like me believe that the voices of our indigenous elders need a platform to reach more people, especially in these contemporary times, please become a patron. It's so worth your while as you'll get gifts from podcast guests And I also provide guided meditations, bonus interviews, resource guides, and so much more. You can get all this at the $3 a month level. So thank you. And please subscribe in whatever app you listen to podcasts. I so appreciate you leaving a review so that the show can reach more people. Thank you for listening. And I will look forward to next time.